Welcome to AMD on the Hill, your opportunity to keep up with the latest policy and advocacy news from the Society for Post-Acute and Long-Term Care Medicine. AMD on the Hill is produced in association with AMD on the Go and available on the same podcast channel. Join AMDA and your colleagues in person at PALTC 22, AMDA's annual conference that's being held in Baltimore, Maryland, March 10th through 13th, 2022. Or, if you prefer a virtual option, you can attend digitally. There's a great program planned with lots of new content on COVID and other clinical and regulatory topics, along with some favorites like our Policy General session, In the Trenches, Posters, and more. We'll also have an in-person House of Delegates meeting. Learn more at PALTC.org. And now here is your host for AMDA on the Hill, Alex Bardock. Hello and welcome to AMDA on the Hill, your periodic updates on AMDA's public policy and advocacy activities. My name is Alex Bardock and I'm the Director of Policy and Advocacy here at AMDA. Uh, as usual, I just wanted to update you on what's been going on in the policy and advocacy arena over the last uh, four to six weeks uh, and reflect a little bit on the year that's been. Uh, first, uh, I wanted to start with a bit of good news. Um, if you've been listening to these updates or reading some of our updates online, uh, you're probably aware that um, post-acute and long-term care nursing home facility visits were facing a Medicare payment cut of about three to five uh, percent. Uh, if you add the uh, scheduled two percent sequester cut, that all added up to about Medicare cuts of about five to seven percent uh, to all nursing home visits uh, and assisted living and, and all other uh, evaluation and management services. Um, this past week, Congress actually passed legislation that which was signed into law, uh, part of the debt ceiling legislation that averted that cut. Uh, this was a lot of work uh, by the society working with many other organizations. Uh, and I, we wanna also extend our thanks to the many AMDA members that wrote um, their members of Congress expressing their concerns about a looming cut and what devastating impact that would have uh, to access to services for this vulnerable population. Uh, obviously, during COVID-19, clinicians who uh, have worked in nursing facilities, assisted living, uh, and other settings uh, have been on the front lines, uh, and certainly getting a Medicare cut for those services uh, is not the reward that anybody uh, has been looking for and uh, could have had a devastating impact uh, on additional folks leaving the field, uh, retiring and, and, and whatnot. Uh, we had highlighted all of these issues to CMS and Congress over the last several months. Uh, and thankfully, Congress has acted uh, somewhat uh, early uh, by congressional standards. Typically, some of these fixes have lasted into uh, Christmas and, and New Year's. Uh, this year, they, they were able to get the work done a little bit, uh, I guess what we would be terming as early. Uh, but again, thanks to everybody who had been involved uh, and that's a bit of good news. Uh, we don't know exactly the impact uh, of what that will have <clears throat> specifics on the payment, but it is possible that nursing facility services will actually see a slight increase. Uh, just you know, looking uh, uh, very quickly at this, but we will have final analysis uh, when it is available uh, of what the conversion factor result of this legislation will look like, and we'll provide that uh, to the membership. So please look out for our updates um, in, in our policy spotlight. Uh, so moving on from that to some other uh, activity that's going on in Congress. Uh, you've, uh, if you've been following the news, you probably heard that the Build Back Better uh, America legislation um, is still being discussed, is still being debated. Uh, it did pass the House of Representatives and moved over to the Senate. 
uh, obviously the vote uh, mainly along party lines. Uh, and now in the Senate, they're beginning to look at the details of the legislation. And while there are a lot of issues that are uh, making their rounds, I just wanna highlight that as part of that legislation, there were several provisions that impact uh, nursing facility staffing. Um, <clears throat> they were included in it was uh, a requirement for 24 seven RN, uh, a study for minimum staffing ratios, uh, and others. Uh, some of that has been changed now in the Senate version. Uh, the only thing uh, that we know of that remains uh, based on what we're hearing is the study at about $500 million uh, to study whether or not uh, minimum staffing ratios uh, would be appropriate. Uh, we'll see where that goes. It's unclear whether that there is a pathway to passage for the legislation. It remains a very partisan uh, debate on Capitol Hill, uh, but it's likely that's going to take up majority of the bandwidth uh, from here on out, uh, Congress has uh, raised the debt ceiling, as I mentioned. They've also addressed some of the continuing resolution uh, and uh, delayed some of those sequester cuts that I talked about. Uh, one of the things that we will shift our attention to in terms of Medicare payment is finding some long-term solutions. Uh, it has been way too many times over the last uh, many years, probably more than 20 years now, that we have had to go back to Congress every year and ask for legislation to avert cuts, whether that was because of the sustainable growth rate uh, or now because of budget neutrality. Um, this, ha this happens basically a, an annual rite of passage. Uh, and uh, you know that needs to be fixed. Uh, and so the society will be working with many other organizations uh, on ways to sort of provide a long-term stable uh, solution to, the, to this uh, issue. Some things that have been talked about are the suspension of budget neutrality within the physician fee schedule uh, and other things. Uh, speaking of the physician fee schedule, to jump around a little bit, uh, it, there are likely to be major changes uh, in the next year uh, due to the activities that have gone on as part of the uh, CPT uh, work group that AMDA had been participated in. So um, we're likely to see some changes uh, next year in the next uh, proposed rulemaking cycle <clears throat> that annually comes out in July. Uh, so be prepared, there's likely uh, to be some coding changes, much of what you've seen in the office, uh, what you can bill, how you can bill. Uh, and AMDA, of course, will have a lot more information on that uh, and provide updates in its billing and coding courses and FAQs uh, and other documents. So um, no update, of course, shifting gears a little bit. No update, of course, is, is complete these days without update on what's going on with uh, COVID-19. Um, after a relatively, I would say, a stable period as we've seen, there's of course a lot more activity. Um, first, I want to highlight a couple of things that have happened that came out of CMS. Uh, one, of course, was the vaccine mandate uh, for all healthcare uh, staff uh, and residents. Um, so while that was an interim final rule that was issued about a month ago at this point, Everything now remains on hold with several uh, court rulings that have now put a stay uh, in that mandate. Uh, so CMS is actually not enforcing it at the moment, and they're waiting to hear uh, the results of some of these uh, court cases. Uh, we're not clear exactly where it's going to go, uh, but that's, that's where we are. Uh, AMDA, of course, has issued its statement around vaccination, and we believe that uh, vaccination is of utmost importance, of course, for all of the uh, clinicians and, and those that touch uh, patients and residents in nursing facilities. Uh, and uh, related to that, uh, CMS issued its updated guidance on visitation, essentially opening up visitation um, 
you know, during the holiday, with the holidays coming up. Um, and so the guidance basically said that facilities, you know, must be open to visitation. But they did say that, you know, facilities need to continue to, to take precautions, uh, good infection control, uh, and, and whatnot. There have been some questions whether there is some flexibility. Um, we've been told that there isn't much flexibility, that you should follow the guidance. Uh, but again, states are reacting in different ways. Uh, and if you are, if you have questions about that, if you have concerns about that, we'd love to hear them. We do continue to have calls with CMS and CDC to discuss these issues. Uh, and of course, now the other variable that's thrown into all of this is the new variants, uh, Omicron variant being the latest. Uh, and we keep hearing updates on a daily basis about changes uh, and what's going on with Omicron. Uh, obviously, the spread of Omicron in, in Africa, uh, now in the UK, in uh, cases now being here in the United States are concerning, uh, especially with the latest guidance on visitation. So how we react to that, you know, we don't have full data on, on its impact, particularly on the vulnerable patients and residents in nursing facilities. Uh, unfortunately, there are some cases that we're hearing about uh, where even those that are vaccinated and boosted uh, have uh, been uh, impacted. So, um, you know, it's at this point, it's too early to tell. It's, it's quite unclear where all this is going to go, but we need to be mindful and, and cautious uh, and not be blindsided by yet another uh, sort of uh, twist uh, in this ongoing issue with, with COVID-19. So, as I mentioned, we are continuing to talk to CMS. We are continuing to talk to CDC on an ongoing weekly basis. Um, the work has not stopped. And so if you are uh, hearing concerns about anything related to COVID-19, whether that be around visitation, whether that be around uh, boosters, whether that be around um, monoclonal antibodies that we've talked about, please um, do let us know. Uh, and of course, the other big story related uh, kind of both on congressional side and, and on COVID-19 is the availability of funds uh, for strike teams. Uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, the American Rescue Plan had uh, allocated $500 million in Medicare and Medicaid funding to states to implement strike teams. Um, they have now issued guidance. CDC has now issued guidance around this. Uh, we've had several calls. They've had open mic forums for nursing facilities and state departments, state health departments to participate in. Uh, Dr. Leslie Eber participated in the first one. Uh, Dr. Leslie Eber, who's on our board uh, out of Colorado, um, talked about how uh, in Colorado the strike teams were used. Uh, and, you know, we have had our policy, our policy brief that we have shared with CDC and CMS. Uh, if you don't know about that policy brief, please let us know. We're happy to share that. Uh, but what's going on right now is states are essentially putting together plans as to how those money would be used. Uh, there are, uh, we know of individual organizations, our state chapters that are putting together uh, some programs, some grant proposals uh, to see if they can be a part of, um, you know, using that, those dollars. Um, we also had a chance to uh, participate in the American Association of State and Territorial Health Officials. These are all the state departments uh, of health. Dr. Carl Steinberg, who's our current president, Dr. Christian Bergman, who leads our state chapter advocacy activities, uh, were able to present to a number of state health departments on their call uh, to talk about uh, who EMDA is, how state and health departments can get in touch with our uh, EMDA chapters, uh, and the importance of uh, engaged medical directors uh, to this entire process. Uh, I think the presentation was very well received uh, and we've worked on a template 
because we hope that states, our individual state chapters, will use this opportunity to follow up with their state health departments, because that will be the most important thing uh, is to establish uh, some communication uh, between what's going on in the states and the AMDA state chapters. Uh, clearly, uh, clinicians who are experts uh, in this field need to be involved in the planning of the strike teams uh, and in general around continued response um, to COVID-19. So if you have any questions about any of that, uh, we are happy to connect you uh, and certainly check in with your state chapter uh, about what you may or may not be doing um, around this issue. So um, th those are just some of the highlights. Uh, we continue to address uh, a number of other issues, um, you know, obviously with COVID-19 and um, payment uh, and many other things. but. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, the work around engaged medical directors has been uh, uh, first at the forefront uh, a lot for this year. You, you've heard our updates around the medical director public listing. That work continues. Uh, if in the final rule that was issued in November, uh, I think I mentioned this last time that the CMS will be putting together uh, on the care compare site. Uh, on the attending physicians, they will be putting together whether they're associated with a particular nursing facility using claims data. So if you bill uh, a lot of claims in particular nursing homes, that will now be listed under Care Compare. They also stated that uh, in terms of medical directors, they simply don't have a viable or an easy way to collect that information to include it on Care Compare. But they did say that that's um, an important uh, step uh, to, uh, to this type of response. You know, and unfortunately, uh, you know, not just with COVID, we keep seeing tragedies occur. Uh, you know, COVID is, is always has been here, but unfortunately, with the tornadoes that have hit uh, um, Kentucky uh, and surrounding states, uh, we saw nursing homes uh, again devastated and the heroic staff that reacted to that. And we just continue to, number one, um, thank those that, that have been on the front lines of, of not just COVID, but these continued unfortunate emergencies. And we continue to, to, to work and try and ask CMS that, that we need, as part of the emergency planning response, uh, that we need these types of, this type of information for families, for government agencies. Uh, and, you know, and unfortunately, we continue to see reasons this needs to uh, occur sooner rather than later. So that work. Uh, will continue to happen. Uh, of course, you know, reflecting on, on this year, uh, another uh, obviously up and down uh, year, uh, it seems like it's gone by fast, but at times quite slow. Uh, so it's hard to gauge, but a lot of good work has gone on. I think uh, we continue to move the needle forward in terms of uh, putting AMDA at the forefront and the society at the forefront of conversation. Uh, we continue to see increased attention uh, just the other day. There was a presentation on CNN uh, about uh, vaccinations and staff, the study out of, uh, published in the New England Journal of Medicine. But we continue to see more and more attention uh, uh, on uh, nursing homes and congregate living. Uh, and the question becomes, what do we do long-term? Uh, how do we respond to the challenges? Uh, how do we continue to answer the call um, you know, and, and fix some of the issues that, that we've seen, some longstanding and some that have been uh, illuminated uh, through the unfortunate um, impact of COVID. So that's something the organization continues to talk about uh, in terms of its strategy moving forward. Uh, we wanna thank all of you for staying engaged with us throughout this year. Uh, you're, again, as I often say, our advocacy efforts uh, would not be for much if we didn't have dedicated 
uh, AMDA volunteers, AMDA members who continue to stay engaged to contact both on the federal and state and local levels, um, you know, and making our, our, our jobs uh, that much more important and easier. So again, just wanted to thank all of you for, for everything you've done uh, this year. Um, and I know we'll continue to do uh, well into next year when I wish, uh, you know, certainly everybody a happy and safe holiday uh, and a happy new year. Uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll keep moving forward and, and moving the needle forward and, and getting through this uh, difficult time. Uh, and we'll do so together. Uh, but again, thank you all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for staying engaged. Uh, and we will be talking shortly. Thank you very much. References from this podcast can be found at paltc.org slash policy.